G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. I have a daughter. She's 13. And I'm now becoming more and more aware of the lies out there attacking the teenage girls of this current day through media, through peers, and even the women of all ages. And I I just have this mission in my life to combat these lies and bring truth where there's lies and lack of hope. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have one that combines music with godly beauty. Rachel Hook is a gifted violinist and has learned that appearance is a big part of being a performer. She's gone on to become an image consultant and has a heart for helping women struggling with their identity and self-confidence. Today, she'll share some of her music and some biblical beauty tips as she has a chat with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. I've had the pleasure of hearing Rachel Hook's virtuoso violin playing a number of times at different venues on the Outer East Side of Melbourne. And so I always wanted to interview her and find out what her story was. However, I have come to find out that there is much more to her story than just music. Things like fashion, beauty, and color, and other things I know virtually nothing about. These are also a big part of her story. Today, we'll find out how it all fits together. Welcome to the program, Rachel Hook. Thank you for having me, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And let's go right back to your childhood. Was image and fashion, was that a big part of your life growing up? No, not at all. My mum was a tomboy and taught me and my three siblings about character and inner beauty being the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So outward beauty and care factor (laughs) was was, uh, lower on the list. And how did that look in childhood years? Did you dress in a certain way or not caring about these things? Oh, I kept things simple. You know, you wear shoes that work, that get you from A to B. You have a handbag. As I got older, one handbag did everything. I didn't care what color it was. Didn't need different colors. Didn't understand why that mattered. <laughs> well, except for the handbag I'm relating to, uh, kind of your, <laughs> your fashion choices. Yeah. So why was it that you were kind of secure in this area? Well, I believed because my family were Christian, my parents were first generation Christians and taught us very strongly uh, with conviction that we are all made in God's image. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when we realize that, it just changes your whole world when you get who you are, your identity correct. For me, that meant, you know, I was a daughter of the king, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a pretty amazing concept. So what color of sweater you had wasn't really as important if you know no, you're a child of God? No, that's right. That's right. So self-acceptance, working on your character was more important. Being all God created me to be was the most important thing and learning how to do that. Yep. But that's not to say that you didn't have other struggles. Mm-hmm. Just self-image wasn't one of them. No, it wasn't a big uh, struggle at all. Uh, I probably just worked out how to overcome any um, struggles I had in that area growing up because of the knowledge of the truth of of who I was. And did you notice that other people your age were struggling with that? 
Oh, absolutely. More so through my teen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of girls around me would be. Yeah, I would think. Caring. You know, when you're preteen, is fashion a big thing among girls? I. It is now. Wasn't mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my friends were. There were a lot of people that did. They loved spending time going shopping mm-hmm. and choosing their outfits and uh, and putting on makeup, which I I didn't spend time learning even how to do all that stuff, especially with a tomboy for a mum. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say because she mm. didn't model that because that wasn't important to her. No, no. Life was about being active, being practical and uh, just engaging with life. So it sounds like you were comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, I would say so. But you were noticing others were struggling? Yes, and that really did develop a heart of compassion in me, actually. And I grew up reading how to help people books. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would always find a book that was how to help others. So through high school, I just, I was always, I loved time with my girlfriends. Did that puzzle you? It was like, why are they having all these problems? Or I mean, do you have a, an incident where someone you know was kind of struggling with their appearance? Probably later on in my teen years, I went on a trip with my mum to an art studio and the lady... Because your mother was an artist? Yes, she was an artist. So she did love colour. Yeah. and uh, Just not fashion colour, apparently. Or yeah. It wasn't yeah. a big thing for her. Although she would notice and comment on colour all the time, but I didn't feel that confident choosing colours and outfits for myself. I would put more faith in my sister, who was two years younger than me, to help me decide on an outfit. So she was kind of your image consultant. Yep. <laughs> and now she's actually a lead consultant in my company, but that's, that's for <laughs> later. Of the story here. The story. Okay. And so in answer to your question, probably about the age of 18, I went to this art studio with my mum and didn't know the lady there at all, but was struck with this impression and I can't really explain why, I did notice that she had a perfect-looking face made up with makeup. But it's like I felt that on the inside she actually wasn't happy. And it inspired a song, actually, uh, that I wrote. Because, yeah, I've played the violin since I was five. Yeah, we want to get to your music. Piano since 12, and I've loved singing my whole life. And people inspired me to write songs. So my insights and how I would observe people and their struggles... I'd, I'd turn back to the, you know, my pen and paper and start writing lyrics. And what were the lyrics that came to your mind after seeing her? The first part of the song was, why do you, beautiful, think you're alone? Why paint that polish through skin and bone? We are only blinded by the glare. We are only blinded as we stare. And I didn't even know this lady. But that was just this impression I had was she's she's painting herself, trying to look perfect on the outside, but inside there was something going on. Okay. Well, mm. we want to come back to that part of mm. your journey, mm. your heart for people who are struggling with their identity and mm. self-image. Mm. But let's go back to the music. Mm. You mentioned that you play the violin and other instruments. Yes, violin, piano and singing. And uh, I've just that music has been one of the main parts of my life. So studying the violin since the age of five, going to uni and doing a Bachelor of Music with honours, and now in a band with my husband called Highly Strung, I've been involved with string quartets, weddings, parties, functions, two-piece duo, four-piece band, church worship bands. Yeah, I've seen you as part of a worship team. I've Mm. seen you, uh, whether it was a 
somebody's 21st birthday and it was mm-hmm. square dancing, I think. So yeah, oh, you've been yes, at a number yep, of yep. different venues <laughs> playing a variety of different types of music. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one song that your whole family, well, a number of members of your family are in this song. Let's talk about the song that your your daughter sings. Yes, she introduces the song that is she brings the beginning verse into the song on the recording. And this was recorded a few years ago. It was at a point in my life where I had had three children. I was wearing many hats. Life was starting to become a bit weighed down with responsibility. I felt that the joy that I used to have had gone. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back to being a child and those those times with my sister even where I just laughed, belly mm-hmm. laughter. And I, it's like I said to God, I need that joy back. And this was my prayer in this song, that, that journey and that discovery process of rediscovering who I was. I could run into the face of danger and sail across the endless sea. To be a child once more Oh, to be I could dance so freely Never thought I could be so free So the song yearns for that freedom I had as a child. And the chorus, I'm discovering you, filling me. This is, this is God I'm mm-hmm. speaking to in the song. Now I remember who I'm meant to be. It's time for me to arise. In you now, I'm fully alive. Alive. And it's a redeclaration to God of, of him being my power and giving me everything I need. And, and, you know, the Bible says that everything we need is in God. And so I had reflected a lack in my life. I'd reflected an unhappiness. Um, you know, the joy was, was waning. And I thought, God is the answer. So I'm just going to turn to him like I have my whole life, but this was really an intentional turning back to him. I believe knowing your identity fights the battles. Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean that they, they go away. Mm-hmm. It actually means you can overcome within every battle that comes your way. 
So whenever you did maybe feel a little mm. insecure or I'm not yeah. pretty or whatever, yeah. you had a go-to method of coping with it. Is that a fair way to put that? Yes, definitely. Yep. I would come back to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's what I would come back to. And I would fight, I would bring forth the truth that was ingrained in my heart and my mind. And that would just eradicate the lies. Mm-hmm. And I still to this day try to teach my kids that. And right now, as we speak, I'm, I'm teaching them, let's uncover what lie is, is tearing at your soul right mm. now, because let's find a scripture and, and let's declare it. And that truth is, it's like shining a torch in the darkness. Yeah. Because we know that in mm. society today, mm. right today, there are lies which are tearing people down. Oh, I, I'm not of any mm. value. I'm not beautiful. I'm worthless. And, and it's leading to all kinds of oh, problems in society. That was Don't get us started here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. Honestly, Eric, that grips my heart. And I, I have a daughter. She's 13. And I'm now becoming more and more aware of the lies out there attacking the teenage girls of this current day through media, through peers, and even the, the women of all ages. And I, I just have this mission in my life to, to combat these lies and bring truth where there's lies and lack of hope and bring hope. So they can be set free. That's right. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with musician and image consultant Rachel Hook. Next, we'll hear more of her advice on image, including some tips for Eric and more of her music when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with musician and image consultant Rachel Hook. She has some more advice for us on beauty and image from a Christian perspective. But first, here's more of her music. This is called The Irish Jig Medley. And I understand that was your boys there at the end. Is that right? Yes, they were three and five at the time. We just thought, why not add the final two members of the family onto the album? (laughs) And earlier we heard your daughter singing and your husband's playing guitar. That's right. He was on electric guitar and some acoustic. You can double up when you're in a recording studio. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So the whole family is involved in the music. But we want to kind of go back to what we were talking about before the break, and that is the whole idea of self-identity. And I think we could kind of sum up the conversation like this. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us, that we all have value and it isn't yes. about the outside just. that That's not where you get your value from. So if we see ourselves mm-hmm. the way God sees us, things will go well for us. That's right. If we get away from that and start to see ourselves 
not the way God sees us and start to emphasize image and fashion over God's view of us, then we can get into trouble. That's right. So when you get God's perception of who you are, then all your decisions and all of your life can be an expression of that. The same with understanding your physical DNA, so to speak. God made you and I, and he made us uniquely, and he fashioned us in our mother's womb. He didn't just fashion our spirit. He fashioned our body, Mm -hmm. and he was quite the artist. Yeah, I I mean, on the one hand, we don't want to overemphasize outer beauty because that would be a mistake. But on the other hand, God gave us the gift of our physical appearance. That's right. We don't want to become idolatrous or find our worth Mm -hmm. through clothing and makeup. However, when you have an appreciation and respect for this valuable body, this home that God has given you in order for you to live on planet Earth, (laughs) you know, long years, then not completely put it to the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. So there's a healthy level of care, you know. Okay, we're going to get more into that, but we have to back up and talk about how did you go from somebody who was raised by a tomboy and really not into fashion so much to all of a sudden becoming an image consultant. How did that happen? Oh, it surprised me just as much as it surprises you, I think, Eric. (laughs) I was standing in my wardrobe one day preparing for a gig with my husband, Mm -hmm. and I just felt really stuck because I hadn't given my wardrobe the level of attention perhaps it needed. I would leave dressing to the last minute. I wouldn't understand why girls would plan ahead of time what they were going to (laughs) wear. (laughs) And here I am trying to, at the last minute, get ready for performing for an audience, it's not really great when you're being paid to be a professional. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's be serious about this. If you're on stage, you're supposed to look good because that's that's part of the whole thing. Exactly. It's kind of expected. And it gives the audience a more secure and confident feeling when you're there performing. So you're kind of forced to be concerned about how you look. Yeah, that's right. Because it's just part of the package. Exactly. So... I remember that feeling of having all these clothes. My husband didn't understand my state at all. (laughs) (laughs) He just put on his blue jeans. (laughs) No, no, no. The fact that I have so, I had so many clothes, but nothing to wear. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the case for many women, actually. They just don't get it. The the, the men, it's just, I think it's a bit simpler. As in, they don't. I would say anything. I don't get it. Yes, I would agree with your husband. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and within a couple of weeks of having that experience, I received an opportunity out of left field, actually, to train to become an image consultant with a company called Celebrate Beauty. It was just really ironic, and this system that I learned was so unique. It just celebrated a person's natural colouring in this profound way I had never thought of before. And it's kind of coming from a a Christian perspective? Yeah, that's right. Through my journey, I discovered that outside-in transformation is a real thing and that it plays a major role in a girl's perception of herself and also her personal confidence. So acquiring the skills and then implementing them, knowing how to put on my right colours in makeup and how to choose an outfit that represented who I was because I had gone on this journey of discovering more about who I was through this course, it just changed how I performed even. Really? Yeah. So if we listen to the music before and after you were dressed (laughs) confidently, 
There might be a bit of a, a difference for people with a very good ear. Quite possibly. And if you're sitting in the audience, you might have had a better experience because I began to engage more with my audience. There was this new level of confidence and freedom within myself that I discovered the right colors, the right shape for me, the right style to express the Rachel I was at that point. Mm. Now, you are a creative person, so how you dress is a creative expression, just another way of expressing yourself. It is. And even doing my makeup, you know, I've, I don't think I have to wear makeup, but I enjoy it. I enjoy enhancing what's already there. (laughs) (laughs) And my specialty is starting with a person's eye hair and skin tone. Yes. Now, this is really interesting. I had never thought about this. I had never thought about a lot of this stuff before talking (laughs) to you. But you said that God has given each of us three colors. Please explain that. I get to see this every time I start with a client. The first thing we do is I get out my color analysis kit, which has everyone's eye hair and skin tones in it. I should say that before we started to record, (laughs) she did this for my wife, Jean, and I. So I now know my colors. (laughs) So check out the photos on the website. (laughs) It's it's very eye-opening for a client to see their eye hair and skin tones in front of them in swatch, you know, little cardboard Mm -hmm. swatches. Yeah, yeah. And then I teach them how to wear those colors. And then a palette of 40 colors gets made based on that that signature blueprint of theirs. Yeah, and I and I can't get too technical here because it's just it's just not my gift. But I do know <laughs> that we did a bit of an experiment where I told you that my wife looks really good in royal blue and fuchsia. Then you analyzed her three colors that she was given, and <laughs> was I right or was I not? You were you were spot on, Eric. Oh yes, that was the correct answer. Yes, I mean, but I mean, I'm not even into this stuff. But I know when my wife looks good. I mean, that's right. There's an innate knowing that I love to validate. I, mm-hmm. I actually love those moments in a consultation where I can say, "This is why you've been choosing these colors, and look how wonderful they are for you." And here's the reason. Here's the scientific reason mm-hmm. why. Yeah, and that breeds confidence. It does. Well, you are providing us a lot of things to think about and a lot of advice there. Thank you so much for that. How would you like to wrap up our conversation today? There's a scripture that comes to mind that actually ties the musical heart that I have Mm -hmm. in with appreciation of each individually designed person. Mm -hmm. And that is Psalm 139 verse 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. So it opens with, I praise you. I praise God with my violin, my singing, you know, and I I love to use my music to praise God. And in this scripture, the writer actually talks about the reason why he is praising God here is because God made him amazingly and marvelously. I just find that a really interesting concept that perhaps we can all have a revelation about how God was feeling when he made us. And it says here, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. To me, it gives me a sense of his nervous anticipation Mm. that creating this masterpiece, this work of art, he put his all into it Mm. when he made you and I. And I don't think we can separate the body part of the forming from the spirit, Mm -hmm. 
we are made in his image. It's not just our spirit made in his image. I believe there's color flowing from the throne of God, from his heart, and color is a way that he puts a print, a stamp of himself on us. And then we can celebrate that and we can praise him as a result of looking at ourselves. Yeah. Something that we can all do, just appreciate God's handiwork in nature mm. and also in how he created each of us yeah. inside and out. That's right. Rachel Hook, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with musician and image consultant Rachel Hook. And if you'd like to learn more about image consulting and everything that they've talked about today... The website is celebratebeauty.com.au. That's celebratebeauty.com.au. And as we heard in today's conversation, we really need to have a healthy balance when we talk about personal beauty. On the one hand, God has blessed us with our unique physical characteristics, and we like to look as nice as possible. But on the other hand, the Bible says your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Some profound words for all of us to think about. Well, thanks for joining us for an enlightening discussion about beauty. Not something I normally like to think a lot about, to be honest with you. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I met a guy, and you could imagine, you know, a young, love-starved child just wanting that attention of love. And so then he suddenly started seeing cracks in my personality. And so he kind of realised that this was trouble, and so he called off our engagement and it was during that period that I decided that I wanted to marry him and there was nothing that was going to stop me from marrying this guy and so I lied to him. Samantha Jackal grew up in an extremely abusive family and had a strong desire to find Mr Wright who could take her away from all her troubles. However, she made a grave mistake when she decided to trick her boyfriend into marrying her. We'll find out how God steps in to miraculously heal her marriage. Next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.